So obviously it's our last week of our prophetic training and uh, I hope you've enjoyed it. I've loved it. It's been really good. To, it's been good to all be together, hasn't it? To not be in groups and to all be together has been great. Um, and we started off with Simon giving a, an overview in the Bible of what prophecy is. And then we had Raj talking about the importance of prophecy. And last week, Harold really helpfully gave us some practical tips on the prophetic. And for some reason, I've got a short straw like I always do. And I've got a hard talk tonight. All right, always seems to happen to me. But um, tonight, I'm going to be talking about some uh, prophetic pitfalls. Okay, some of the difficulties of being a prophetic people, some of the things to watch out for, and some things just to be mindful of when it comes to the prophetic. All right, so there's loads to get through, but I'm going to try and stick to 15 minutes, all right? So first thing to say in the whole area of prophetic pitfalls and kind of dangers of the prophetic is that in reality, we're all going to make mistakes. Okay, when it comes to hearing from God, we are all going to make mistakes. At some point in our lives, we're going to bring a prophetic word which isn't going to fit for someone. Or we might try and bring an interpretation to a tongue which isn't isn't spot on. We might try and um, speak over someone, something that doesn't resonate with them at all. We are all going to make mistakes because we're all um, humans. You know, we're all people. We're all flawed people. But the amazing thing about God is that he is gracious, all right, and our value doesn't depend on how we perform. It doesn't depend on how good we are at moving in the prophetic or moving in the spirit. Um, Our value is in the fact that we're loved by God. Yeah, we're adopted as his children, we're forgiven and clean, we're made righteous through Jesus, and nothing changes that. All right, so whether or not you're an amazing prophet, or whether or not you're amazing at hearing from God, you know, nothing changes the fact that um, we're all going to make mistakes, but our value comes from God. Yeah, that's the important place to start, and I just wanted to get that across straight away. But what, would I, what I would say is, from experience and doing lots and lots of research around the prophetic, one of the vital things to look out for is character, okay? Character is absolutely vital when it comes to hearing from God and moving in the prophetic. It's so, so vital. If our character isn't there, then we simply won't be effective tools to be used by God. You know, we might have the most amazing um, revelations and dreams and visions and pictures from God, but if our character is off, then we won't be able to deliver them effectively to other people. And we certainly won't be able to speak them over the church effectively. A flaw in our character gives the enemy a massive foothold in our lives. And that's so important to just watch out for. Just a a bit of a a warning to start with. And I'm going to run through a couple of um, things to watch out for in terms of our character when it comes to moving in the prophetic. All right. And one of the things to watch out for is a desire to be liked. Okay, this is such a common one. If we prophesy out of a desire to be liked, then all we're doing is living for man's approval. Yeah? When it comes to hearing from God, that'll cloud our judgment and it'll stop us from hearing from him effectively if we're trying to please men. When you're praying with someone, if your desire is to be liked, then um, that'll be your motivation for your prayer and it'll stop you from hearing from God effectively. Does that make sense? So you might be more kind of uh, focused on trying to encourage that person, trying to be a nice person so they like you. But actually, that's not the right way to go about hearing from God. The Apostle Paul really grasped this point in uh, in Galatians 1.10. He said, if I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. 
it's not about pleasing men and people pleasing can be a killer of all sorts of ministries not just prophecy people pleasing is a real danger that as christians we need to watch out for all right if our desire comes from pleasing people and not god then we've got it all wrong now you may wonder well what's wrong with people pleasing like surely it's a good thing to encourage people surely it's a good thing to be nice to people and that's really true but i'm talking about hearing from god and if our desire is to please them then we're not going to be hearing effectively if you want to be nice to someone just be nice to them you don't need to bring a prophetic word over them all right so that's the first one a desire to be like the second little flaw to watch out for and be really mindful of is a desire um to be awesome or a desire to be important. And do you know what, sadly, this has been a downfall of many, many Christians over the years. There can be a tendency to put ourselves on a pedestal. Look at me, I'm the amazing prophet. Everyone has to listen to me because I hear from God. Have you ever met anyone like that? We see them sometimes, don't we? But do you know what? If it's all about you, then it's obviously not all about God, is it? It's, it, I sound daft just saying that because it's so simple. But if it's all about you, it's obviously not all about God. So this desire to be awesome, it's, uh, it's something we need to watch out for. It's something that can happen so easily. Like really well-meaning people with a genuine prophetic gift can end up getting caught up in a desire to put themselves on the map. To find value from their individual gift and not God himself. Yeah, it goes back to this value thing again. <coughs> It says it in, um, in the book of John, in uh, chapter 3, verse 30, it says that he must become greater and we must become less. That's what it means to be a prophetic people. It's not about us, it's about him. It's about humbling ourselves before him. So you've got to be so, so mindful of this area of wanting to be awesome. Another thing when it comes to character and the importance of it in prophecy is the danger of the rejected prophet syndrome, all right? See, some people with a strong prophetic gift can be open to rejection. So you might come and bring a word on a Sunday morning to the front and someone might say, actually, uh, it's not for this morning and you might not be allowed to bring it. And you can end up feeling rejected by that and you can end up thinking, oh, no one cares about me. I'm not loved. I'm not valued. And from that point then bitterness can start coming in and rejection can start coming in and negativity negativity and self-pity can come from there we've got to be so mindful of this um feeling rejected okay we see it again in the bible um if you look at elijah in 1 kings chapter 19 um you all know the story elijah ends up throwing a little bit of a sulk and sitting in a cave doesn't he and uh, I'm going to paraphrase a little bit here, but God comes to him and he's like, God, I've been obedient to you. I've done everything you've asked. I've heard from you. I've served you clearly and everyone's rejected me. It's not fair. I'm giving up. You know the story, right? But then God spoke to Elijah and told him about, you know, 7,000 Israelites who were still faithful and God managed to snap him out of his little pity party. But you know what? As Christians, we need to be so mindful that we don't end up being Elijah's ourselves. We don't want to be having, you know, woe to me, rejection, pity parties, because that will just bring more problems on yourself, okay? 
you know, a few years back we experienced this. Um, someone brought a prophetic word to, to Haley and I, um, not someone who's still part of Jubilee, so um, don't worry, but a few weeks later this person came back and um, asked Haley, uh, did that prophetic word come to pass? You know, what did God do through that word? And anyone who knows my wife will know that she is pretty blunt, so she tells it as it is. Um, and she'd clearly forgotten all about this prophetic word, and she was like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> And do you know what, this led to massive problems and this person was so, so deeply upset and felt so deeply rejected that we ended up having to like have a little prayer time with them and say sorry and there was tears and all sorts of stuff. It was just a really messy situation and do you know that was like five years ago or whatever it is but for me it taught me an important lesson and um, one about being sensitive around other people my wife not me <laughs> no what about being sensitive but also actually the dangers of feeling rejected and having that rejection around you when it comes to br- bringing a prophetic word okay you've got to be really mindful of this rejected prophet syndrome yeah so that's a little bit about character all right and the importance of that i just want to focus on a couple of things to avoid when it comes to prophecy a couple more prophetic pitfalls, all right? I feel like Mr. Negative tonight. I don't mean to be. <laughs> but um, the first one, all right, is we've got to be really conscious that we're not trying to prophesy out of jealousy or anger. Okay? See, sometimes if you're angry with a person or jealous of a person, uh, your prophetic gift is likely to be clouded. And it's important to be so careful because... What we're doing if we're trying to prophesy from a place of anger and hatred is we're giving the enemy a real foothold and then it won't be us using God's words to that person. It'll be us speaking lies about that person and being quite, really quite destructive. If you already feel negative about a person then and start having negative impressions about that person, that's clearly not from God. Remember, all prophecy has got to be in line with God's character. Yeah? It's got to be, um, it's got to be um, uh, uplifting, it's got to be um, something that's going to encourage them, and it's got to be in line with who God says he is in scripture. Do you know what? The enemy loves to use our own difficulties to cause destruction and disunity within the church, and that's why I'm kind of being really clear about watching out for some of these pitfalls. Um, here's an example from the Bible about jealousy and anger. So the story of King, King Saul, all right? So King Saul knew what it meant to be empowered by the Spirit. He knew what it meant to have um, words from God, to have heroic action that he does, empowered by the Spirit. But when we hear um, jealousy and anger come into play in 1 Samuel 18, we see the Spirit kind of forcefully come onto Saul, but then he's feeling jealous of David. And what does he end up doing? He ends up trying to fling a spear at him and kill him. This is a man who's receiving the spirit. It says in the passage, it says he was um, prophesying and suddenly, um, it, so he, he was prophesying in the power of the spirit and suddenly he, in, in his anger and rage, he ended up trying to kill David. And this can so easily happen. A genuine prophetic gift can be clouded by jealousy, rage and anger. And we need to be so careful of that. And do you know what? The way to avoid it is to forgive. Choose not to be offended. Okay, another thing in terms of moving into prophetic um, is a temptation to call someone's sins out publicly. All right, so God may well 
highlight an area of difficulty or a specific sin in someone's life to you. That's not completely unheard of. We see it in the Bible. Let me give you a couple of examples. Look in the book of Acts. We see the story of Ananias and his wife who were stealing from the early church. Um, we also see instructive teaching in 1 Timothy in a case of elders. So if an elder is sinning, it says bring it before the church. The difficulty I find with this is that in the vast majority of cases in the New Testament, all right, um, the public of exposure of believers' sins is reserved for like the most serious issues, and it doesn't happen that often. I'm going to go as far as to say that you are probably not going to uh, have God highlighting someone's sins to you regularly. That's not going to happen. Don't worry about that. Don't let that be a barrier to you. I don't want to hear from God in case he points out someone's sins to me. God is unlikely to do that. But it's important to note God might do that. It's in the Bible. But you know what? If God does expose something about another person to you, all right, the best thing to do is to share it with a leader in the church. Don't go and bring that over the person. Don't call it out publicly. Definitely not. If you really feel that's from God, go and share it with a leader and let them weigh it up and decide what to do. Just don't give the enemy a foothold. Last pitfall I want to mention, uh, pitfall I want to mention really quickly is a tendency to rationalise our mistakes. A tendency to rationalise our mistakes. Now, maybe the reason for this is pride, um, you know, putting ourselves before God. But sometimes we try and rationalise our mistakes. So if we make a mistake when moving in the prophetic, if we bring a word that isn't right for someone, if we bring an interpretation which isn't right for someone, we can start trying to justify that and be like, oh, no, 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 my gift is right, it's you that's wrong. Yeah? Oh, no, that word is right, you're obviously not hearing from God yourself. We try and rationalise our mistakes instead of putting our hands up and admitting that it's okay to be wrong. God still loves us. Sometimes we feel like if we admit our mistakes, it might ruin our credibility. Or it might mean that I'm never allowed to share in church again. I'm never allowed to speak at the front of church again. But actually, being teachable and being able to admit mistakes, for me, is one of the things I'm looking out for, for someone who's going to be sharing regularly. We don't want to be people who are rationalising our mistakes. We can all hear from God. We can all share what's in our hearts. But we also need to be teachable and be able to put our hands up if we make mistakes. Just be really mindful of that. Don't try and justify your mistakes. Okay, Mr Negative is nearly finished, I promise. <laughs> I hope you find some of, these, some of these warnings helpful, though. Like, I see a lot of these creeping in sometimes. And we've just got to be so careful, haven't we? Yes, Paul. Uh, <laughs> can I hear the question first? <laughs> In the discussion, yeah. I'll, okay, we'll do that. <laughs> Go on. Go on. Just, just ask it. It's fine. We're all friends. Yeah, so t terminology is really important. And I think saying things like God says or thus saith the Lord or, you know, start to talk in King James Version. This all comes from, one, kind of learned behaviour sometimes. And two, almost like a desire to try and legitimise our gift sometimes, I think. And for me, God speaks to us as clear as, as Paul has just spoken to me. 
We don't need to suddenly start speaking in Old Testament language or try and put extra weight on it. Because if God's speaking to us and that's resonating with a person or with a church, they're going to understand that straight away and, and it's going to mean something to them. You don't need to try and justify that by saying, God says. I think that's sometimes quite unhelpful terminology to use. Does that, does that answer your question? Brilliant. Thanks, Paul. That's really helpful. Okay, I want to just quickly address one common question before we finish, all right? What if God isn't speaking to me? See, we've all asked that question, haven't we, sometimes? Um, I'm not hearing from God. Why not? Have we all had that question at some point in our lives, yeah? Well, one of the things I've always said is, if God's not speaking to you, or you feel like God's not speaking to you, maybe you just need to learn to hear and understand God's voice a little bit better. And that's what we've been doing over the last few weeks, haven't we? We've been learning to understand the different ways God speaks to us. Harold really helpfully described it as tuning into God's frequency, all right? But I also think that there are a few things that can sometimes be blockages to us hearing from God, okay? Um, if God doesn't seem to be speaking to us, it may be that we've put some barriers up ourselves, all right? Let me just give you a couple of, of these from the Bible, all right? The first one of those could be that we've not been asking for or desiring spiritual gifts. So 1 Corinthians 14.1 is very clear when it tells us to eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy, okay? And often we can have like a passive attitude when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit, so like we can see other people speaking in tongues or prophesying and we can be like, I'll leave it to other people to do all that. I'll just kind of sit here and enjoy the meeting. I'll sit here and enjoy the worship time. But actually, it's clear there in black and white that we need to eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. Let me challenge you, do you have that desire? Yeah. Thanks. I don't know who said that, but thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? If you're, if you're not hearing from God and you feel like, do you know what? I don't get this prophecy stuff. Can I encourage you to eagerly desire the gift of the Spirit, especially prophecy? Okay, another barrier we can put up uh, to spiritual gifts is that we can see them as a reward for good behaviour. So you think, okay, we haven't been particularly good and we don't deserve to receive the gifts of the Spirit. But that's completely wrong thinking. And you know, we need to avoid that wrong thinking creeping in because it can lead us into a place where we stop hearing from God completely. Prophecy and the gifts of the Spirit are not a reward for good behaviour. Okay, it isn't scouts. It isn't like, right, I've got my speaking in tongues badge. I've got my prophecy badge. If I'm really good, I might get my healing badge. <laughs> it's not like that. Okay. Thankfully, <laughs> the gift of the Spirit aren't our own. They belong to the Spirit. And one day it says in 1 Corinthians, they'll all cease. We're just on loan to us. And do you know what? If that thinking that you're not good enough to receive the gift of the Spirit is crept into your thinking, then I just want to encourage you to kind of just pr you know, pr get prayer for that, get people to pray for you, and just get rid of that thinking, because it can do real damage. God wants to bless you because he's a good father because he loves you, not out of your good behaviour, but by his grace. Okay, final barrier we can put up can be down to our previous experience. You might think, I heard from God once, I shared it in the church, and it all went wrong, so now I'm rubbish at prophecy. You can think that. But again, that is wrong thinking. 
I don't want to sound uncompassionate, but that's a load of rubbish, man, if you're thinking like that. Like, who remembers their first driving lesson? <laughs> Do you know what? Just because you made a mistake doesn't mean that God's not going to give you a gift to hear from him again. It doesn't mean you're not going to be able to receive the things of his spirit. Don't talk yourself out of the gift that God has for you. You know, if someone keeps offering you something amazing and you keep refusing, eventually, the person's going to stop asking. Eventually, you're going to stop hearing. That's a barrier that you can put up. Let God in. Don't let your previous experience, don't let past mistakes become a barrier to you hearing from God. Okay, how are we doing for time? All right, just inside 15 minutes. I hope you found that helpful today. I hope I've not been missing negative too much. There's lots of discussion tables, um, but before that, I'm going to invite Helen up, who's going to share. Thank you.